0: Hey there, this is Mike and you're listening to Feeling Twisty. I'm really glad you're here. I've been looking forward to this episode all week. I love getting messages and calls from folks who want to share with me how they're exploring the power that they are. What I want to do with Feeling Twisty is to share with you my experiences and those of others to get you to realize that the answers you seek have always been within you. There is no one or no force outside and separate from you that can save you. There's no one to convince that you deserve anything. And you can put yourself to the test, like 2 Corinthians 13.5 says, test yourselves Don't you see that Jesus Christ is within you? Don't you recognize that power and wisdom of I am that is within you? One listener, Brian and I had started chatting this week. And a couple of days later, he sent me a message. He said, every time I'm about to ask you a question, I end up being still for a moment and falling back on the first principle and I end up not needing to send you any questions. <laughs> he asked me if anyone else tells me this. And yes, they do. And I love it when I hear that. Oh, It's a thrill to hear that someone recognizes that they are the operant power, as Neville says. And they realize that they have unlimited supply of anything and everything. And that supply is within them. These next few stories are about people that did the same thing. They didn't look to someone else for help. They didn't even come to me for suggestions. They demonstrated unfailing faith in themselves and reaped the benefits. There's such freedom in that understanding, that realization. This first story is from a mom of nine children. She's homeschooling those kids. Now, This mother was brought up in a very religious, very conservative way, similar to mine, and in recent years had gotten into an even more restrictive doctrine, one in which the wife is told to be docile and pay unquestioning obeisance to their husbands. The husband makes the decisions, and the wife cannot question him. If she does, she's sinning. One day recently, she was trying to teach a math lesson to one of her young sons, but he was not behaving. He was acting up. And rather than get upset at the boy, like parents sometimes do, like I used to do when I had young children, you know, tell the kid to straighten up, quit acting like that, or maybe threaten punishment. When my kids were young, I thought a threat of punishment was always the easiest way to get them in line and the quickest. I was more concerned with the immediate cessation of misbehavior than affecting any lasting change. This mother didn't do any of that. Instead of resorting to threats or coercion, she surrendered to what she, as a loving mother, wanted. She says she imagined him sitting next to her, smiling and laughing and understanding the lesson. And just moments later, she says, that is exactly what happened. She sent me the message right after it happened. She said, now my son is happily doing his second lesson in math. (laughs) She didn't do anything outside of her or to her son. She turned within and pruned the vine. She revised the image of her son that she was allowing in consciousness. I've known this woman and her family for years, and I'm so absolutely thrilled to see her breaking loose of those tired, old, controlling teachings. She's discovering her self. She's the one to turn to, not her husband, not the elders in the church and not the elders' wives who used to tell her to suck it up and be quiet or burn in hell. There's no hell to go to at the end of days. The only hell is that of our own making, thinking we are small and separate believing that we are limited and helpless. Hell isn't a Republican-controlled government or a Democrat-controlled government. Hell is the belief that any of that even matters or that I must rely on anyone other than my own awareness of being. She's finding true freedom and I'm so excited for her and her children. The next story is about a young couple in their early 20s they just got engaged to be married later this year. Earlier this week, the man told me that his fiance expressed how worried she was about finances. They're not only getting married this year, they're also buying a new home. She told him that she doesn't think they'll have enough money to, to do both. Not enough money to buy the home and give themselves the wedding they want. The man, who's named after Caleb in the Bible, who fearlessly told the Hebrews that they can take the promised land now, told the love of his life not to worry. He said that he knows it always works out and that it'll work out perfectly this time. His fiance is a nurse, and she was at work at the time of this conversation. Five minutes after Caleb told her to trust that it's taken care of, her boss came in and started chatting with her asking her what's going on in her life and how it's going. Caleb's fiance told her about how they're shopping for a house and planning a wedding. And the boss asked, are you willing to commit to working at this hospital for a year? And the nurse said, well, I don't plan on leaving anytime soon. (laughs) The manager replied, okay, can you sign a document making that official? (laughs) The nurse said, no. Why do I need to sign anything? She didn't want to make that commitment. And her manager said, Well, if you do, I can get you a sign on bonus. And the woman, she didn't hesitate. She said, Yes, I'll sign it. <laughs> and it's a hefty bonus, too. Her fiance assured her, without knowing how it, w- it would work out, that it would be perfectly resolved. And within five minutes, it was. He's finding freedom in his awareness of being, in his I amness. Now, you might be thinking, well, it would have worked out like that anyway. How could Caleb's movement and imagination have had any effect so quickly? Well, Caleb has an ongoing belief, an ongoing knowingness that things work out perfectly for them. And Caleb was already living in the end of them being homeowners and happily married. So the little doubts that his fiance was expressing couldn't shake him. He knew it was taken care of. He moved into the knowing that it was all taken care of. And five minutes later, it was. As I said earlier, I've been looking forward to this episode all week. I knew I wanted to share your stories on this episode. And I just trusted that I would get some stories to share in time for the recording. And those three stories came in throughout this past week. Yesterday morning, I was thinking about today, about this episode. And I thought, well, I'd like one more story, another good story to round out the episode. And I decided that the perfect story would come from somewhere, and it did. That same mother of nine that I told you about earlier sent me a message yesterday afternoon. Remind me to tell you how we got rid of $90,000 of debt in one year. And when I read that message, I thought, there's my story. We got on the phone and talked and She told me about how her and her husband had moved to a different city and had counted on paying off nearly $70,000 in debt with the sale of their previous home. But the house ended up selling for much less than they had hoped. And the debt was still there. Instead of worrying about it, she says she just knew, she knew that the debt was paid. She didn't know how, but had faith that it was. And within weeks, maybe a month or two, the debt was gone. Nearly $70,000. She said things worked out in ways she could not have manufactured. She couldn't have devised these ways. Money came in from places she didn't expect and the nearly $70,000 in debt was gone in wonderful ways. Now jump ahead several months. This past year, her and her family of 11 are back in debt, about 24,000 in debt. She laughed. She said she was amazed at how quickly and easily they accrued that debt. (laughs) Instead of trying to ignore the problem or start trying to do things like find things in the house to sell off to pay what was owed, she remembered how easily the $70,000 of debt was taken care of and knew, just knew without any worry, that this $24,000 was paid off. And in hardly any time at all, that debt was paid as well. She told me she knew ignoring it wouldn't work. She's tried to ignore financial issues in the past, and that never helped. For me, ignoring something is still giving life to it. I know of a problem, and I'm actively trying to ignore it. It's as effective as a child putting their fingers in their ears when their parents telling them to eat their vegetables. La, 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 la. It just doesn't work. It's like a dog chasing me, running from it, and not... I'm not going to look at it, I'm just going to keep running like hell away from it. Maybe it'll go away. (laughs) To me, that's ignoring a problem because I'm still seeing it as a problem. The problem will remain until I intentionally move in consciousness. While I'm still in a state of lack, lacking whatever it is I want, I will want to run and ignore that problem. But once I move into a state of freedom, and in this case, a state of financial freedom. I don't feel a need to run or ignore because I'm no longer seeing it as a problem. I can choose something else. I can look at my financial statement, recognize that the numbers show a debt, but know that it's paid in full. I can recognize that the facts say that I'm unemployed or that I'm running out of money that it appears that way, but is that really me? Or am I just aware of what facts are telling me? I can look at it and still feel the reality of financial freedom, feel the reality of being out of debt in a wonderful way, not through some bankruptcy, but out of debt and free by a movement in consciousness. This woman didn't give me the details of how the debts were paid off. And I don't need the details. Oh, they're fun to hear, but it really doesn't matter. When we ask for details, sometimes we're looking for ways to justify how it happened. When we get too many details of an event, we can't help but see the chain of events. Oh, well, look, this is how it happened. This happened and this happened. And then we start to think, well, it would have happened anyway and we forget the seed that we planted, and we credit our harvest to something else or to someone else. This mother of nine was living in the end of her wish fulfilled. She told me that when she relies on reason and logic, it ends up in frustration and failure. But when she acts and lives by faith, it always works out. I love how Neville defines faith loyalty to unseen reality. We're not creating something. It's already there because if we can experience it in imagination, experience the feeling of that wish's fulfillment, it's real. How can we experience something in imagination, in consciousness, unless it already exists? Each person in these stories had something in common. They knew their wish was fulfilled. They knew. They were certain it was done. Like Brian and his questions. Instead of asking me, turning to someone else, which is perfectly all right. I love talking to people. He turned to the first principle. He turned to himself. Be still and know that I am God. That my awareness of being, my I am, is the I am. Hmm. The mother of nine knows she's the operant power and just knew, knew that her financial problems were resolved and turned within and revised her image of her son during that math lesson and reaped the harvest of that revision within just minutes of her imaginal act. Caleb didn't sit down and write out affirmations or even try to come up with an imaginal scene. He was already living with the premise that things work out perfectly. And he was able to assure his fiance that the financial issue that she saw as a problem was taken care of. And it was, they got confirmation of that within five minutes of their conversation. How do you know? And I've had, I've had many episodes about this, this peculiar certainty, this knowing that it's done. Well, look around you. What do you see? What do you feel? Are you seated in a chair or on a sofa, lying in bed, walking in the park? You're experiencing all kinds of things right now. You're hearing and seeing and feeling, maybe tasting. Maybe you're eating a yummy sandwich right now. If someone were to run up to you and tell you that you're wrong, you're not walking in a park, you're not seated on a sofa, You would think they were crazy. You would laugh at them because you're experiencing it right now. You are experiencing this podcast in a first-person, present-tense experience, hearing my voice. You know because you are experiencing it. You know what you're experiencing is real. Well, that's the same assurance, the same knowing that I always talk about, that these people in these stories are talking about. When I imagine fulfillment of my wish, I'm experiencing its fulfillment. Now, I'm having a first-person, present-tense experience. Whether or not I imagine a scene, I feel the feeling of my wish's fulfillment. I assume the feeling. I know that if I experience it, that if I feel it in imagination, that it must become a fact in what we call this real world. Your faith in your imagination will determine what's expressed in your world. I'm talking about making changes in your life, getting the life you want. You've always been expressing the states of consciousness in which you dwell, but unknowingly for most of your life, thinking that others are causing it. But now you want to be intentional about it. When I have moments of reacting to circumstances, I remind myself, I've already experienced the wish fulfilled and I bring up that feeling again and I bring it up again and again, I bring it up as often as I notice that I'm thinking and feeling something counter to what I want. I don't get upset about it. I notice it and I get back into that feeling back into the state of that wish fulfilled. Neville says the state you most frequently return to is your dwelling place. And the more frequently you you return to the feeling of your wish fulfilled, the more natural it becomes to you. And it's no longer something you even have to think about. It is your nature to be in that state. So I get back into the feeling when I notice I'm thinking and feeling something that says I'm not that already, that I don't have that already get back into that feeling, and then I go about my day. I know that as I fall asleep, the state I fall asleep in will tell me the day I'm going to have tomorrow. So I fall asleep knowing that my wish is fulfilled, that my life is the way I want it. I fall asleep knowing that my loved ones are thriving. When I was a reporter, I always tried to get the most credible sources for my stories. I wanted a primary source, someone who could give me a firsthand account of an event. Well, you're your own primary source. You are the one experiencing the fulfillment of your wish in imagination. And it doesn't matter what anyone else says because they weren't there. <laughs> they didn't see what you saw. They didn't feel what you felt. So why would you listen to them? Why would you take a family member's word over your own? or the news media, or the church, or a financial report, or a doctor's diagnosis? Why would you put your trust in those that were not there when you moved an imagination and experienced the fulfillment of your wish? You are the credible primary source. You're the only one. You've already hugged a loved one as they congratulated your success. You felt the thrill of hearing a report about a clear PET scan. You felt the warm satisfaction of being in a loving relationship. So if you've experienced it already in imagination, what does it matter what today's facts tell you? What does it matter what the news says? What does it matter what your spouse says? It doesn't matter unless you decide it does. Because once you've experienced it, once you've felt that movement within, and it's as simple as making a decision and then going on from there, knowing that every step you take is in this new state of consciousness. Thank you, Brian and Caleb, and thanks to that sweet, loving mother of nine children, gee whiz, (laughs) for sharing their stories with me and allowing me to share them with you. I want to hear your stories, too. Send them to me. Share them with me. If you don't mind me sharing them on an upcoming podcast, let me know. You can find me at Feeling Twisty on Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail. I love you. I'm Feeling Twisty.